Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of Disclosures Decoded, where we analyze music, movies, and media, both new and old. I'm your host, Dorian King. And I'm Sasha Soul. Now let's open the vault to share what we've decoded. So today, we're going to be talking about the movie Invisible Man. And uh, it's about a woman who managed to escape the clutches of her physically and mentally abusive boyfriend in order to get herself to safety. Her boyfriend is actually a rich and famous tech genius that shortly after disappearance is publicly reported to have committed suicide. Although he is gone, the woman notices weird stuff starting to happen after his death, and it seems like he is haunting her from beyond the grave. So this movie is written and directed by Lee Whannell, based on the H.G. Wells novel with the same name. It's starring Elizabeth Moss as the main character, and Aldous Hodge as the closest person, pretty much, to a supporting actor because the majority of this film really just relies around Moss. And she has quite a career. You've probably seen her in shows like Mad Men and The Handmaid's Tale, but I feel like a lot of modern-day viewers don't know that she was actually in West Wing. It's an older show, dates back to 1999. I have not seen it, but I've been told that it was very good, uh, for especially back then. Hodge's most notable roles have been portraying MC Wren in Straight Outta Compton, the movie about the rap group NWA. And he also played Levi Jackson in the biographical drama Hidden Figures. Uh, Lee Whannell has a very interesting career, too. And like I said, he's the writer and director of this movie. And he's got an interesting career because he's got a lot of writing credits under his belt. I had no idea who this guy was. But I think that's because I don't really watch horror films. And uh, he was the writer of the first three Saw movies and all three Insidious movies. His directorial debut was the third Insidious movie. And this one, this Invisible Man uh, film, is his third time running through as a director. And, you know, I've never seen Insidious, but I think he did a very good job both directing and writing Invisible Man. The story begins with our main protagonist, Cecilia, who is played by Elizabeth Moss. We can only make out the scene itself based on her expression and how meticulously she's exiting this home in fear that her boyfriend, Adrian, will wake up. She's constantly looking over her shoulder, grabbing her bags. And we can only assume that she's not as comfortable as this home projects itself to be, although the home is very upscale, secluded, and beautiful, you can tell that she's almost in a state of isolation and feeling trapped. Yeah, her general demeanor when you see that first, like I'd say maybe five minutes, is just she looks so 
you know, not necessarily terrified, but super concerned, specifically, you know, if Adrian's going to wake up. So she's, like you said, meticulous about absolutely everything she's doing. You know, you see her checking cameras and security cameras to make sure that she doesn't get spotted, to make sure that, you know, there's no alarm set off or anything like that. And she even drugs him with diazepam and uh, she she goes the whole nine yards to be able to get out of this place, setting up her sister as the getaway ride. So when her sister uh, swings by and grabs her from the woods, you can see Adrian banging on the windows and screaming at her allowing the audience to be on Cecilia's side with running away, seeing that he could be uh, an emotionally and potentially physically abusive relationship that she may have been escaping. So the audience can only side with Cecilia at this point since we have no other indicator about Adrian aside from her exiting the home. Once she's able to escape, she lives a quiet life in the suburbs with a childhood friend. Despite living away from Adrian, she's still tormented by the past and refuses to leave the house in fear that he is awaiting her to be in a compromised state of vulnerability. Within two weeks, she hears a report that he had committed suicide and is met with his lawyer brother, who explains to her that she has granted $5 million from Adrian and his will contingent on her not committing a crime and being of sound mind to make her own decisions. Despite the celebration, Cecilia finds her finds that her ex-boyfriend is alive and haunting her with a technologically advanced suit allowing him to appear invisible. With her previous episodes of paranoia, she is deemed unreliable and isolated in her logic, leading her to expose the man she cannot see. Yeah, and you you do take Cecilia's side because I mean, obviously I think I can say the majority of people don't support physically abusive husband it's a touchy topic for sure and it does take it into a modern twist with how frightening technology could be yeah it definitely does i mean when you take a consideration of what this book must have been like back in what how long ago was it 1933 i think you said that's a long time ago, and nobody would have thought of technologically advanced suits, and H.G. Wells certainly did not. But he did inspire this movie, and and uh, Lee, this guy, did a good job uh, taking that perspective and really applying that. So when you watch this movie, you definitely get a very modern interpretation of... Uh, this original writing. And it definitely takes fear to a whole other level to fear the unknown. Yeah. When you're watching, I feel like when you watch most horror films, there isn't, I, I feel like it's like you can predict the majority of what's going to happen. Like you watch Paranormal Activities, you know that movie's going to be based on jump scares. You watch Insidious or, you know, any of those doll-related movies, anything along those franchises, you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. There's somebody that's going to be, you know, their body's going to be taken over or 
you know, the doll's going to come to life or some crazy shit like that. And you basically, you just know what's coming at you. But you're fighting something that's completely and utterly invisible, but at the same time, completely exists. And because it's based on technology, not pure, like, imagination and spirituality and whatnot, the same way that, you know, paranormal activities in all those movies are alike, like, this is a believable thing, quite frankly. Like, yeah, okay, invisibility is not necessarily around the corner, but, you know, the reality is that because this is tech, we know that it's very possible something like this could someday happen. And the concept, especially the way that it's portrayed here, is pretty scary. Definitely. With the movies you had mentioned previously before, they do follow a religious element, which doesn't speak to the fear of the entire audience. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to movies like this, tech is something that is so undiscovered and something that we're building upon every day. So it leads to greater fears at that point. It felt almost like Black Mirror in a sense with yeah. how fearful it made me feel yeah. in the theater. Definitely. The potentials. So when it comes down to this movie, what did you like about the movie? So, you know, we're constantly rooting for Cecilia uh, to be able to escape from Adrian. And, you know, she kind of seems like she's a little bit too paranoid. But... Even though, you know, she seems reassured by the news, like you said, the death of Adrian, she was still, you know, kind of cautious, a little bit paranoid. But, you know, even then she tries her best to move past that paranoia and, you know, return to society for the most part. And Elizabeth Moss does a great job in capturing that uh, cross between recovered and paranoid because the way the mo- movie unfolds, it displays like tiny little hints of Adrian's continued existence. Not enough that you like know exactly what's going on, but enough that you can tell that something is happening and that she is not crazy in terms of us as an audience watching this movie. It definitely did unfold her level of fears and humanity to a point that did feel believable because we were ever-changing in our emotions and how we do perceive things. And what I liked about it was that the storytelling made us want the best for Cecilia while also having skepticism of her perception. It made for a dimensional movie because it did allow us to make our own guesses without being strung along with obvious logic like you had explained the formulas in horror films before. And it allowed us to have room to wonder and to be curious, which does show the investment in the movie while leaving the theater. Yeah. And as you kind of like you see her unraveling on screen and every interaction that takes place between Cecilia and Adrian, you just want to shout at the screen and be like, hey, he's right there. You know, you see all these cops around when things get a lot more intense and She's pointing right at him. But the cops are like, what are you talking about? You're in an insanitarium and you're not right in the head. So I'm not going to look at the ghost you seem to be pointing at. 
and then this guy keeps getting like all these kills on screen like it's some kind of a hitman video game uh so it's, it's pretty crazy to see the way that they interact with each other yeah i think and with that the acting was phenomenal because it's hard to be in a fearful state and i think that's where she truly shines because she didn't make it an over-the-top and oversaturated sense of fear. She did work it in and weave it in with the fear of this unknown, invisible person that she feels as though she knows beyond anyone else. And I think working in healthcare, we're taught that we're not supposed to feed into illusions Mm -hmm. that someone is seeing. So we do need to de-escalate it and say there's nothing there. So I did feel for those who were on that end of the film where they were trying to calm her down because I have been in situations and circumstances where I did have to de-escalate the situation, but it almost made you feel torn in that sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I can can understand that based on the stories you have told me at work. So Elizabeth Moss definitely does a great job because, like, you know, although we have uh, James uh, and Adrian's brother, Tom, and Sydney, James's daughter, you know, they're they are supporting characters, but you know, fifty percent of this movie is just Elizabeth Moss, you know, being insane or coming across as insane. Uh, and you know, you see her talking to herself like she's a sleepless schizophrenic. You know, we often see movies and shows and we wonder what it's actually like being on the set. And I'm always kind of picturing this. I feel like there's been a lot of shows and movies where I'm thinking like, what is it like to be on that set? If you're the one acting this situation out, like how is it like to be pretending to be completely insane? You know, you've got all these people around you, the, other cast members, the whole crew, cinematographer, director, and all these people, they're staring at you being insane. Like, what does that feel like to be Elizabeth Moss in that situation? So, you know, how comfortable is she uh, acting and portraying this character? I don't know, but she does a pretty damn good job at it. Yeah, I agree with that completely. It's hard to be able to react towards something that's not there and to also you're half the puzzle piece the rest of this will come in with the production team and with those who are working on uh, slicing and inserting the footage together to make it appear that way so it does take a great actor to be that timely with it all to have those perfect reactions yeah, exactly. And when it comes to, you know, those moments where Adrian is actually there and, you know, you see the the interaction between the two of them, I'm actually starting to wonder whether or not there is an actor there, you know, because sometimes they have to be wearing those green screen suits mm-hmm. and be portraying these characters. Like, now that I'm thinking about this in more detail, I feel like that must have been some tough CGI to do because you're making a person be invisible. 
the way that green screen works is you're making them invisible by putting them with that green screen effect. But the purpose of making them invisible is so that you can put something on top of them. But you're not putting something on top of them. You're putting nothing on top of them. Exactly. You're just voiding them out while having that fluid movement. And exactly. You're taking them out while still leaving them there. Exactly. It's definitely a trick. And they did an excellent job at portraying that. Yeah. Everyone who was involved in the production of this made it all seem believable. Whether they were actually hit or they had to flinch and move and they had to add in everything after, it still was phenomenal. I liked this movie a lot. So as far as it being easy to watch, you know, it's not a movie for all times. Uh, you have Definitely. to be in the zone. You want to be like in the mood for uh, watching something this intense. It is definitely uh, an intense movie. You definitely don't want this playing in the background of a party or something. You have to actually arrange the, you know, chance to watch it. Definitely. I think with something like this, depending on your circumstances and whether you know your audience has been a victim of something similar or if you had been a victim of something similar, it may be a heavier movie to watch. Mm -hmm. So it may not be for audiences who have dealt with it unless they feel personally past that point and recovered mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. it, it's definitely an amazing psycho thriller to watch. But as you stated, you would have to be in a certain mindset. It's not something I'd want to watch on a sunny day. Yeah, exactly. It's honestly, I feel like a day like, you know, with all, all our quarantines and COVID-19 going on, I feel like this actually isn't too bad of a, a mood to watch it. When you're trapped at home trying to, you know, add to this mood of quarantine. Yeah. Seems kind of like a, an appropriate movie. But as far as this taking uh, multiple tries, uh, it's it's really more of like you like it or you don't. If if you're not into the style of like a psycho psychological thrillers or a little bit of a horror twist kind of situation, you probably won't enjoy it. And I think it's pretty well written in terms of the writing quality. Um, I haven't read the H.G. Wells novel, but I think I can say that Lee did a good job adapting it for uh, the movie screen, especially uh, to put the modern twist, like I mentioned, with the uh, inclusion of the whole suit concept and tying it to modern technology. When I was reading up about the H.G. Wells novel, I actually read that the Invisible Man is, he just is an invisible man, but he wears clothing and bandages to appear as a real man. While in this movie, it takes it the other way where it is a real man occluding himself. So it's a reversal of that role. So uh, moving on to production quality. So... And this was produced by Blumhouse Productions. And these guys, they've done a lot of great work within this last decade. They produced Whiplash, which I know the both of us are big fans of, and Black Klansman, which was a great movie. Uh, they So they definitely have some real quality works on their back. But it also seems like they've got, you know, a really good grasp on horror and I mentioned before, 
paranormal activities and insidious. They're both uh, produced by uh, Blumhouse. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And they even have Get Out and Us, which are like the more higher quality horror films as well. So I, I guess it makes sense that a movie like uh, Invisible Man would be part of that. That would pique their interest. So yeah. I know with Get Out and Us, they're a little more, they speak to our fears as humans more so than our childhood fears, such as a ghost or a monster under the bed. Like exactly. paranormal. Yeah. And what did you think of the acting? I, I know that we can both agree that Elizabeth Moss did a fantastic job. I thought the acting was pretty amazing. Um, Adrian in particular stood out to me because towards the end of the film, when they're face-to-face once again, you're put in the situation where it's he almost has a certain charm about him that makes you want to believe it wasn't him the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it does make you second-guess yourself and even second-guess the main protagonist who we relied on for all this information. Exactly. But that could also be the narcissist in him, as she had mentioned, Mm -hmm. that he's a sociopathic narcissist and how difficult of a person he is to be around. And narcissists tend to believe themselves to the point of it being gospel and truth. Yep, very true. And uh, (laughs) the thing that I wanted to point out when you brought him up at the end uh, the actor that played Adrian totally thought it was Jude Law. <laughs> and, I mean, that guy just has, like, an evil face about him, kind of. You know, he's supposed to be this handsome actor. Uh, but, like, I don't know, something about his look in that in the, in the movies that I've seen him in lately, he just, <laughs> he just looks evil he actually played the antagonist in um captain marvel so if you've seen that movie i think you'd have a a good idea of what i'm talking about and why i would think (laughs) jude law is the uh antagonist in this film as well he does have a very snobbish look to him and a mischievous look if you've if you've seen gattaca you would know what i'm talking about (laughs) all right yeah so I guess uh, the last thing uh, I want to do is we can compare it to some movies. I'd say uh, the movie The Game is a very good one. It's a psychological thriller. I wouldn't say it's exactly down this line, uh, but as far as psycho thrillers, I'd say that's one of the best that I've seen. Um, this movie Side Effects is really good. American Psycho is a classic. Uh, I haven't seen Gone Girl. I mean, you can attest to that, though. Where I think Gone Girl comes into it is uh, it's about an ex-lover who does frame themselves as being dead. And she frames her husband that he had killed her. So the woman is, she goes missing, and her husband is being questioned for this crime and everybody believes that it was him who had done it but she continuously stalks him throughout the rest of the film she appears again and she did it all for money so it's definitely about an ex stalking you 
from beyond the grave or from beyond their own personally dug grave. This was another episode of Disclosures Decoded. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now you can expose what we've disclosed.